say that countdown. All right. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the I Am Liberty podcast. I'm joined by Amber Newman, who is in what part of California, Amber? I'm in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. San Francisco Bay Area. And how are things over there right now? I, I uh, probably wouldn't be able to live there. <laughs> how are things going here? Yeah. Um, you're probably familiar with who our governor is. Um, mm. It's San Francisco is like probably the hub of like California is one of the worst quote unquote worst states for all of these like mandates and guidelines and you know people who are just super happy to comply with what the government tells them to do so California is bad overall uh San Francisco is probably like the worst pocket of the worst state so um lots of masks lots of masking outside um as an unvaccinated person in my county, which is Contra Costa in Al most of Alameda County and San Francisco County, we're not allowed to go into restaurants without, you know, we can't eat inside restaurants without showing uh, vaccine cards. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's not the same place that it was two years ago. That's for sure. Wow. And as Quite different, as, right, from Utah. I mean, well, you guys are probably still a lot more open. Yeah, there's still some limitations that I have just being unvaccinated that I can't go because, uh, you know, like, I guess uh, Vivin Torino, where the Utah Jazz play, they require, like, vaccine cards or a negative COVID test. And, and to me, that's just enough to just not have a desire to go. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, the... Bay Area masking in the car. Do they mask in the car too, or do you see a lot of people like um, driving around? I mean, around some do, some do, yeah. and some don't. Yeah. There are just, you know, I mean, we'll get into all of this, I'm sure, in the next, yeah. you know, hour or whatever that we're talking. <laughs> but there, there's just a segment of society who seems very, very fearful, um, and they are, yeah, masks in the car, kids masks on the on the playground kids masked outside um it's gotten a little bit better in the last few weeks or last few months but it's still there's still quite a bit yeah so we do like we'll do rallies outside you know with signs and we're out on the on the street and we'll get support but we have a lot of people to drive by with masks on that are just like what are you doing you know trying to read our signs and we're like well we're not here for you <laughs> move along move along so yeah it's been interesting yeah, well, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast. Obviously, I see just following you on Instagram, I see a lot, a lot of what you're doing in California, which is, I mean, you're in a very, very minority in California, it seems like, or at least that's how it would feel. Um, just with uh, not being vaccinated, not really uh, into the mandates for people to get vaccinated or masking in general. Um, so it would seem like you're kind of fighting uh, a a big majority of people who, who are complying, if you will. So what do you, what would you chalk it up to? What do you, what do you think is the whole like fear, fear based? Are people not doing their research? Are they um, like, are they just kind of willing to trust government authorities? Like, what do you think it is about that area that that's just kind of like um, we're, we're listening and not questioning. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of everything. So California in general, you know, California has, obviously it's a huge state. So there's different kind of populations that have maybe different political views. So you have a city like Los Angeles, a big city like San Francisco. I'm in the kind of the East Bay area. So near Oakland, um, po these are pockets of really, you know, dense, high population areas, very liberal, um, which is, fine. They can be liberal if they want to. Um, and then you have other areas of, of California, like the Central Valley, more around Sacramento, where the capital is, and then going up into the foothills, like closer to like a Lake Tahoe. Uh, and those areas tend to be a little bit more conservative, but they're not as densely populated. So I'm in a densely populated, very liberal um, area, which for the most part hasn't been a big issue uh, for the last several years, except for if you wanted to get into, you know, crime and <laughs> just the cr 
crime in San Francisco, crime in Oakland, yeah. the homelessness problem that we have here. I mean, there are a lot of issues, but I think that, you know, what happened kind of all over the country, and I'm sure it happened in pockets of, of Utah um, as well. And I don't know, you know, the demographics and, and what people, you know, tend to, what tribal lines they tend to follow out there. But starting last year with, with a lot of the rioting, starting with the 2020 election, it's just the propaganda cycle started to hit really hard in the corporate, you know, media structure. And everybody just seemed to follow their tribal lines. So if you're liberal and you voted for Newsom and you wanted Biden to be in, it's like now something has happened in these people's brains and they won't question anything that these, you know, fearless leaders um, do. So we have a lot of that happening here where, I mean, just last night I went to dinner with a friend of mine who is, I mean, she's, she's, I wouldn't even consider her a lifelong Democrat or liberal. She come, comes from a more conservative area in Southern California. She doesn't agree with the mandates that are happening around here, but she only gets her news from Yahoo News. She only gets her news from CNN. You know, she's not doing any digging on her own. And I think that's just an issue in so many places right now that people are busy uh, they can't be bothered. If something's not directly affecting their life yet, they're just not interested in kind of hearing another side or, or digging into, you know, different different news sources. Why California is so bad compared to other places, I don't know. They all tend to they just seem to be, there's a psychosis. <laughs> that is the only thing I can think. There's a weird hypnotized, like, psych, state of psychosis that they're in. Um, where not only are they not looking at other research, but they they don't want to. They have a wall up. So many people that I have been good friends with for a long time, now if I'm trying to talk to them about anything that I'm researching, anything that I'm doing, anything that I'm involved in with regards to, you know, different freedom groups in the area, it's like a blank look goes over their face, their eyes kind of glaze over, and they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear anything about new studies. They don't want to hear anything about you know, anything other than what Dr. Fauci is saying, what Biden's saying, what uh, Governor Newsom is saying, it's they just won't even look at it, which is frustrating. And I'm sure you have people like that out there as well. Well, to like answer your question about what Utah is like, there's uh, so Salt Lake County and uh, Summit County, which is, you know, I live in Summit County, which is a little bit more rural. Uh, there's there's a lot of people from California that have second homes or you know have have retired uh, in that area. A lot of people from these more dense areas have come to Summit County for their ski homes, ski vacations, and all of that. So, uh, so Salt Lake County and Summit County are pretty much the only blue in like a sea of red that is Utah, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So, and and so you know we, I guess the majority of people that I work with, which you know I kind of want to talk to you about because you're you're in real estate like I am. Uh, yeah. You do real estate there in Utah, but and and you're very, or sorry, in, in California, in the Bay Area, and and you're very vocal about these things that maybe uh, most real estate agents would, would, you know, people who are self-employed would be afraid to voice their their concerns or even just question the mainstream, if you will. And so, you know, we can dive into the psychosis of may, that maybe is like this not questioning like it's 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 really hard for people like what i've noticed it's really hard for people to hear things that go against uh, a decision that they've made about whether whether it's their identity or even just getting the vaccination like you know if, if somebody's decided to get the vaccination and then it's all of a sudden like we're protecting ourselves and we're protecting others and then find out you get the vaccine you can still carry the virus. Uh, and now, you know, people who lined up to get the vaccine uh, for, for like when it was first available, now they're finding out that they have to get boosters. And I know some people aren't happy about that, but they're just gonna line up and get the boosters because, you know, well, maybe the, maybe the booster is gonna help eliminate the virus or whatever. So we can get into all of that. Um, and that's, that's stuff that, you know, I, um, it's it's just really weird for me to to have to like have those conversations with people when it comes up where you know yeah no i'm not vaccinated and i don't plan on getting vaccinated and for me it's because i was part of the military and 
I realized how much the government like obfuscates things, right? They, they can hide things for their own interests. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's a lot of hesitation that I have and I'm just like, well, just give it time. We'll have more information. We'll be able to make decisions based on the information as it comes out. And instead of just like jumping in, like face, uh, I guess, surface level decision-making as, as it's being presented to us by the administrations or by Fauci, whomever it is. But just going back to like the real estate question, being self-employed, you're, and I don't even think you're, you identify as a Republican, you're more an independent from my understanding. Um, so, you know, it's not that you have anything against the left uh, and, and, you know, Governor Newsom, like, on the surface, but there is kind of this question of like, you're, you're really, um, you're really not afraid to put yourself out there, organize masses of people to demonstrate against mandate narrative. Uh, but so what, what would you say, I guess, is that, um, like, did it start out that way when the pandemic started, uh, when, when you, this is kind of messed up, like all these, all these mandates, all these, all these shutdowns and everything, or did it, did it happen kind of gradually as you realize that it's going to affect things down the road? Yeah. So my story with this was that back in March of 2020, I had just bought my house that I'm in now. So I bought my house in February of 2020. I was super excited, right? All my down payment, my savings goes into this house. I'm really excited about it. And I'm happy to have like a great spring and summer of real estate now to, you know, to, to, to build my savings back up. So like literally four weeks or three weeks after I buy my house, close and move in, this virus comes along and shuts down the economy. And as they probably did in Utah too, they shut down real estate and they said, you are not allowed to practice your job. You are not allowed to work. You're not allowed really to leave your house. Um, you know, you can finish other escrows that you have going. And I think I probably only had a couple at that point. And I was like, Hey man, this isn't right. You're telling me I can't work, but you're not paying my mortgage, <laughs> you know? So from that point on, I feel like I was over it. So I did the, the two weeks to flatten the curve. I was like, all right, we can do this. But when it's when it kept going after that, it just was from the from the get go. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel right that the government had this much power to do this. Um, but I think everybody was willing to, like, give it a, you know, a little bit because we didn't know if this virus was Ebola or if it was the flu. Right. Closer to the flu. Now we know. But, uh, yeah, it's dangerous for it. I'm not going to say it's the flu. Um, but at that point, kind of that's what started my journey with just following the data and following the science that was coming out and not just listening to the news because right off the bat, I could tell that the news was just full of propaganda of all these people that were, you know, dying in the streets in China, which we now know most of them were fake videos. So at that point I wasn't very vocal about it on social media because I did have that worry that I needed to still make money here so many of my clients and so many of my friends were really on board with all of this right off the bat. And they were really scared of the virus. They were really, you know, had already put Dr. Fauci on a pedestal. People are posting on social media that they're, you know, that they're scared, that they're want to follow in line. And in my head, I'm like, this is just not making sense. Like you just have this piece of your brain. That's like, I am not like these people. Um, but it did take a while for me to get vocal about it on social media for that reason. And it really, I think, was probably back in November or December of 2020 or maybe even January when the vaccine stuff started rolling out. And I realized that this was moving towards mandatory vaccinations. It was moving towards needing boosters. I mean, we've known this for a long time, right? This is not new news three weeks ago that you're going to need a booster. Like, oh, we just realized it. Like, no, this is part of the agenda from the very beginning. We could see that coming a mile away. And at that point, I realized that this was bigger than my real estate business. And that's really what it came down to. I had to make a choice of, am I going to be authentic? And am I going to speak my truth and be who I really am and risk losing 50% or 70% of my clients? Or was I going to stay small, stay quiet, not feel like I was being myself and being my authentic self 
um, and, and try to, you know, fit into the, to the mainstream here and, and have a great business. Um, and I made that decision because I felt like this was, this is the biggest thing that's happened in for me in my lifetime. I mean, I know maybe this is the second biggest thing for you because you did, you were in the military and you, and you went through a whole, um, I mean, you went through a war, right? Um, I didn't, this is the first thing that I'm like, God, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. And it's just, if it blows up my real estate business, it's worth it to me to get the word out, start speaking out, start speaking my truth, be authentic, try to educate people if they're interested in being educated, which some are and some aren't. Um, but it's scary and it's still scary sometimes. And even today I put up some stories on my Instagram page and I'm thinking like, I wonder who's going to see those, <laughs> you know? And then it, you and I were talking before, uh, we started recording and just talking about business and I'm like, ah, it's been a slow fourth quarter. And I'm like, is it slow for everybody or is it just slow for me? Cause no one's working with me right now. Um, but it, you know, it's a conscious decision that I made and I'm happy that I made it. And I feel like this is, it's just so big that if I kept it all inside, I just can't, it's too big. It's too much to answer your question. That was a, yeah, that was well, I, I, <laughs> well, I think I took five minutes to get to my question. So uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it, yeah. it does answer the question and, and, and you're right. I think it is, it is kind of, we get to a point, at least some of us where, where we have to decide is, is this big enough to, to actually, you know, make a stand, and not be afraid of of what it is that's that's true to us right and and i think it's it, it, yeah go ahead i was gonna say you know the the analogy that i use a lot for people because i have other people that ask me that people in the group other um uh, clients that i have that are more like-minded and they say you know is this impacting your business and i say you know if if california keeps going the direction that it's going or if just the world or the united states goes in the direction that it's going which i really feel it's moving into you know, a totalitarian dictatorship or they're trying. Um, and if that is the way that it goes, I'm going to have to move anyway. I can't stay in the Bay area. So I'm either going to lose 70% of my clients now, or maybe 50%, or I'm going to lose a hundred percent when I have to go live in the sticks somewhere to get away from everything, <laughs> you know? So if I, it's, it's losing half now or losing a hundred percent when I have to flee. Uh, so that, that also, it, it's just, it's, it's necessary. But what I found in doing it, it I found two things. I found that, that there are a lot more like-minded people around here than I thought. And there are some people that I thought, oh, she is, you know, one of those people that I, I get nervous about when I post my stories. I think, oh, you know, so-and-so is going to see it and she's probably going to be like, whoa, what's wrong with this girl? And then that so-and-so ends up messaging me in response to a story and it's like, right on, I feel the same way. And I'm like, whoa, like I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then I also find that a lot of people are not quite as brave yet and they're not ready to speak out, but I have a lot of people that message me now and share information. They send me articles, they send me stuff, uh, and, and, you know, to, to show that they're on the same page, but they're not quite ready to put it out into the universe yet and out into social media because they're afraid of being shunned, which happens here. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I started doing and not that I think you uh, reach a lot more people just based on the fact that you, uh, you know, you organize and you're doing these demonstrations in, in, you know, the, the place and the, the craziness is happening the most. Um, and, and so I think you, you reach a lot more people, but, but one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because I, I got tired of uh, essentially not being my authentic self wanting to, to, to speak my truth for worried of being shunned. And, you know, I think just by nature of experiencing life, you kind of learn things and from not only personal experience, but then you, you kind of tie that into uh, the, the information that you read, the data that you kind of analyze. And, and so you, you make these informed decisions. And, and I think that's maybe what's missing from the propaganda is like people like you and me, uh, who are making an informed decision about not getting the vaccination? Um, you know, we're we're kind of demonized as like these far far right, alt right, you know, just like conspiracy theorists. When in reality, it's just like no, it's the sensible like decision in our mind, because not just because the government's saying like, oh, you seen okay, line line me up. Like 
it's no i'm i'm analyzing like the best to the best of my knowledge like what's out there and and i'm making a personal decision i just don't think that the virus itself poses that much of a risk for me personally that doesn't mean that other people like won't be seriously affected by the virus but like for me personally i don't feel like i'm much at risk and and then you know you get more and more information and you, you know it's like okay i made the right decision i'm still making the right decision damn the variants that are coming out right like you know i'm still making the right decision uh it, just based on based on what i know so uh but but you talked about um i guess uh like i guess one of the things that that i wanted to bring up was when you say like propaganda like when did you notice that it seemed like a lot of the narrative was like propaganda driven was it was it like was it from the pandemic or was it before that that you kind of noticed like some of this stuff is maybe it's it's propaganda more than it is like actual journalism and news for sure before the pandemic but it never affected me to the point where i felt like i needed to take a stand against it so there's always been there have always been, I think, issues or topics that I've known that the mainstream media doesn't present in the correct way or in a truthful way or in a, just a holistic way that they're looking at things from both sides, which could go back to wars, could go back to presidents people didn't like. You know, I mean, there's been propaganda in the news forever. Uh, for last year, I mean, it was it was probably after that like month or two of lockdown that when we realized that the virus was not as, I mean, it's not as deadly as they make it out to be. And we've seen that in the polling that they've done when they talk to Democrats and they talk to Republicans and they ask what the hospitalization rate, you know, is for people that get COVID and Democrats say it's 40% of people that get COVID go to the hospital and Republicans say 12%, you know, or 1%. And it's just such a, it's such a big difference based on who's watching what news programs. So from back in the beginning, yeah, we know that there's a lot of propaganda from, um, from just history and how how mainstream media and how news has has talked about any issues but you know you said that you're making that that decision not to get vaccinated because you don't think covid is that much of a, a danger to you which which automatically will trigger somebody on the other side to say well wait a minute you know millions of people have died from this virus of course it's a dangerous virus just because it's not dangerous for you you know so many people have have passed from it which then we respond with are what are their vitamin d levels do they know anything about early treatment are they listening to any doctors other than dr fauci and um you know whoever that are just telling you to when you get sick, go home, let the virus replicate. And then when you can't breathe, come to the hospital and then you get remdesivir, which shuts down your kidneys. You know, so there's so many different facets to this that, yeah, it could be a dangerous virus to somebody that has pre-existing conditions, but we know that even with early treatment, not that many people, not that many, you know, not as many people needed to die. The, the fact that they're withholding these medications from people is absolutely criminal. So, to go back to your original question, yeah, I guess propaganda has been around forever, but um, this year feels like it ramped up, definitely ramped up during the 2020 election cycle, starting back in, you know, March. They definitely used COVID to sway how people were voting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the news is dangerous. The news is really dangerous. We have a very dangerous media system in our country and around the world. And let me just say one more thing about the far right extremist thing, yeah. because this bugs me so much that people automatically say, if you're against vaccine mandates, you're a, a you know white supremacist, Trump supporter, far right extremist. And I'm like, then what do you say to the people who are, are protesting in like Botswana? What about the people protesting in El Salvador? The, the big massive protests that are happening all over the world. Are they all Trump supporters? Are they all white supremacists, far right extremists? Look, no, this is way beyond the United States. This is a global thing that's happening. The marches that are happening in Japan are not happening because people are right wing Trump supporters. <laughs> well, and that's something that the media is not covering is the demonstrations that are happening mm -hmm. around the world. And it seems like actually the world is uh, parts of the world are better at showing up 
against, you know, the kind of dictatorial decisions that are being made uh, by governments around the world. And what I think is just incredibly frustrating is uh, when we start to rely on the government to protect us in those ways, right? Just like make personal health decisions. Like we're giving up a little of our sovereignty, like personal sovereignty, like over ourselves. And in so doing, we give up a little of our power and we're surrendering more and more power to, to the government to make those decisions for us. And right. personal opinion, and just historically speaking, like that's very dangerous when we start to rely on the government to make decisions for us, make those, those um, so the, the more governments involved, the worse off I think populations are. And that's, that's historical, you can't really deny that. And so it's, it's well, very disconcerting. It is. And we've seen that here so much too. The more the government tries to intervene and help, the worse the problem gets, <laughs> you yeah. know? And I mean, at this point, no, absolutely not. The government is not there to protect your health. If they had been around to protect our health for all these years, you know, they'd have everybody on a strict diet. They'd mandate exercise. They wouldn't have kept the liquor stores opened while they closed gyms last year. I mean, obviously this is not about health. It's way more about control but it's amazing what fear can do to a population. They inject so much fear. People are so fearful of death. They're so fearful of getting sick that they give up all of their rights, including body autonomy, which I mean, it's, it's just, it's mind boggling that they can't see where Things that leads. Lift on their head, you know, just like, on the one hand, body autonomy is everything. And then on the other hand, unless it's, we're talking about the coronavirus, um, then, right. then, then it means absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Because, because to them, and this is part of the hypnosis, you know, that I had mentioned earlier to these, to this segment of the population, a COVID death is the worst thing that can possibly ever, you know, happen in the world. A COVID death, it doesn't matter how many people die from lockdowns, doesn't matter how many people die from suicide, how many are dying from overdoses because of the craziness of the world and the anxiety this has caused and the bankruptcies and the, you know, people closing their businesses, kids being depressed from being out of school. None of that matters to them because if it prevents one COVID death, everything is worth it. And that doesn't make sense to me. And not only does it not make sense to me, I'm sure it doesn't make sense to you. If you took any ethics class ever, <laughs> you know, in a, in a college setting or a high school set and a high school setting, where have you ever heard that you have to ruin the lives of 99.9% .9 of the population to save the 0.01%? You know, it just, it doesn't work out scientifically, ethically, doesn't make logical sense. But in their heads, the fear has caused them to fear COVID so much that they'll give up everything to prevent a COVID death. And it just, it's insane. insane it's a strong word, but it's, in, it's, in, it's insanity. You also said hypnosis, which I think is just like, it, it hits the nail on the head because there's, there's so much of that fear that's, that's being propagated. And, and so it's just like, it is life and death for most of the people that are lining up for the vaccination, for the, you know, for the boosters now, like it, they, they, you know, they believe that their life is being, you know, on the line if they don't do this. Right. Um, and, and maybe for a lot of people it is, but, but that's kind of where I feel like the government does obfuscate things, right. Hide the truth. You talked about, personal health, you know, being, uh, you know, being fit, being healthy, exercising, like, like, what are the vitamin D levels? Like we know that is very important. And if you're going to have adverse effects when you catch COVID, so there's a lot of things that you can do preemptively to prevent yourself from getting severely ill. And you and I talked, you know, before, uh, just messaging each other back and forth about monoclonal antibodies and, and how those could help. And in California, you said there's there's like criminal actions being taken in a lot of ways because they're preventing people from getting access to this, these, you know, proven treatments for, for this kind of thing. But I think what I want to bring up next is because because you're you're talking about this and you've been demonstrating for a while, uh, you know, organizing these demonstrations, which don't forget me. Don't forget to remind me to ask you about 
like the the practical like tactical stuff that you're doing for these you know sure. to like organize these protests because i i do think that that's important and it's something that i want to know about um but you're like so we had this interview scheduled like two or three weeks ago and and then you messaged me you were just like hey not feeling great feel like i'm coming down with something we, i may have to reschedule and mm -hmm. then you know like okay well let me know and then message me a couple days later like hey tested positive for COVID, like we're going to have to, uh, you know, reschedule. And that's why we're doing this now. So then you said, me and Kai joked about like, well, it'll give us something to talk about. So, um, so talk about like, so not only are you demonstrating against vaccines and all that, but now you catch COVID, like the thing that everybody's like scared of and, and you're kind of on the up and up now. Um, so what was your experience with that? Like, how'd you feel about it when you got it? Was it kind of surreal? And, and what was like, what was your, did it change how you viewed it at all? And, and just kind of talk to us through that whole process. Cause I, as much as I would like to catch COVID, like I'm not going to intentionally try and catch it. So I'm a little right. jealous that you have those natural antibodies now, but I'm sure my time will come. You know, your time probably will come or it won't. Um, yeah. I don't know if you listen to like a Dr. Peter McCullough uh, Gert Vandenbosch, you know, there's a lot of interesting doctors, virologists and immunologists that have a lot of different viewpoints on, on this. And if you just have really great immunity, there's no doubt that you're being exposed to COVID constantly because it's everywhere and your, your body's just fighting it off, which is also really good because it's getting stronger and stronger every time it gets, you know, uh, exposed to it. So you're fine. Um, at some point, if you, I think if your immunity is kind of low and you come into contact with it, then you're going to be more susceptible, which I think is what happened to me. So from, let's say, maybe November or October of last year in 2020, I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast with a doctor named Mark, and now I can't remember his last name, but that was a whole podcast um, in which they talked about vitamin D, zinc, and zinc ionophores and what that did for your cells and how that kept the virus out of your cells. And so when I listened to that podcast, it was like a light bulb went on and I was like, I need to get on zinc. I need to be taking turmeric. I need to be taking some kind of zinc ionophore, which would be something like a hydroxychloroquine or uh, a quercetin. Um, so from then until now, it's been a year, I've been pretty religious about taking vitamin D, taking zinc, taking quercetin, and taking high-dose uh, vitamin C pretty much on a daily basis. So I really wanted to make sure I had my vitamin D levels up just because I knew I'd probably catch COVID eventually, um, and I wanted to be prepared. I also got a prescription of ivermectin from an online pharmacy in the United States um, have since gotten more from a pharmacy in India because I wanted to have enough to share with people if needed. So I felt like I was pretty prepared and have been pretty prepared for the last few months. Um, actually catching it, I have a new perspective of what it does to the body. Um, my first symptom was a fever that just came, I mean, completely out of nowhere. I was fine all day and then bam, didn't feel any other symptoms except a fever one night, got super cold, super hot, super cold, super hot. I was like, what is going on? Um, the next day that turned into a very strange body ache. Like if you touched your skin, your skin would hurt. It's hard to explain. Um, it felt like my whole body had done a really hard workout. And so I'd like turn my head and I'm like, oh, like my whole body just hurt. So I tested positive that day. So that was my first full day of COVID. And then right away I took my, I started my five day um, ivermectin dose regimen. So every day after that first initial day with the fever and then the really bad body aches, um, I kind of just felt like I had a bad cold after that. So I developed a cough. I did lose taste and smell for like four days or five days, which was totally strange. Cause you could just, like, I, I took a video of myself, sent it to my sister of, of sticking my nose, like in a bottle of apple cider vinegar and then drinking it from the bottle. And there's just like, fine. And like, <laughs> you know, and that's crazy. So, and it's not because you have a stuffy nose. It's like your nose is totally clear, but you just can't, you just can't smell anything. So it was an odd experience. Um, and it pretty much lasted 
for the full 10 days. So I kind of self-quarantined for 10 days. I took my ivermectin. I continued to walk my dogs. I didn't, you know, COVID is known to cause blood clots. I wanted to make sure I was active. I never just laid in bed the whole time, sat in the sun a lot. Luckily, California still has a lot of sun in November. So I got through it. And not only am I like happy to be done, I feel like it's given me just a little bit of a better perspective to be able to talk about the disease and what it can do to somebody. I can see that if somebody had a pre-existing condition or if they didn't know anything about early treatments or how to help themselves, um, it could get pretty inflamed. Like my, my lungs hurt, you know, and even with the ivermectin and the vitamin D, my lungs were, I felt that my lungs were inflamed for a couple of days. Um, so it was an interesting experience. I'm happy it's done. It wasn't fun, but it was definitely all said and done so not worth taking a shot every three to six months <laughs> of a vaccine under an EUA still uh, that has no long-term studies, I would, I would rather get COVID again. I'd rather get COVID again in a couple years than be on that vaccination schedule. So it gave me a good perspective, but it, it didn't change my mind at all about what I'm fighting for. Because I think also what we're fighting for goes beyond just getting vaccinated. Um, if people want to get vaccinated, that's fine. I don't have an issue with somebody else getting vaccinated. I just don't want them to tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, and just, I, I think hearing your experience and knowing other people who've gotten, who've gotten COVID, like it feels like you're more likely to catch it if your immune system is weak for whatever reason. Yes. Um, and, and so that could be lack of sleep. That could be, um, you know, your your diet maybe isn't dialed in like it should be. Uh, that could be, uh, and you know, I hate to say this verbally because I know it's a lot part of a lot of people's lives, but uh, I think drinking in a lot of ways like affects people's immune system, and and people who I know who even get breakthrough cases who have gotten COVID, like a lot of it has come after like weekends or you know days and days and days of partying and drinking and all of that and then all of a sudden you get a breakthrough case it's it's when your immune system is is weak i think you're more likely to catch it because i haven't really changed much about my lifestyle and i still haven't caught it um and i've been out you know in, in restaurants and bars and just like public places and and i've been i've been fine it's because I know my immune system, like I know when I'm not getting enough sleep. I know, um, I know when my habits are maybe not in line with, with what makes my immune system a little bit stronger. And I do supplement vitamin D and zinc occasionally. Zinc kind of makes my stomach queasy. I don't know if it does that. Oh, really? Me. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And, and my roommate too, like, um, they can't take zinc either. Like it kind of makes them uh, super nauseous. Huh. So. Uh, so, but, but I do supplement like when I'm maybe not feeling a hundred percent on certain days yeah. uh, with zinc. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really that like strengthening that immune system and what, what you talked about, uh, that, that can kind of help you overcome, uh, maybe these potential adverse effects, uh, or like serious, serious consequences from having COVID. And that's something that the government narrative doesn't really talk about is, no, I think Fauci's, I think Fauci's mentioned vitamin D like a couple times. I think one time he said he was taking 10,000 IUs of vitamin D, which is the dosage everybody should be on, but he never said everyone should do it. And he's never talked about it since. No, so it's all about, I mean, that in itself to me, that in itself to me is criminal. I mean, that in itself to me is like, get this guy, get this guy out of his you know position. He doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah, because it's just, it's all about the vaccines. It's not about like the other supplemental things that can, that can help you. Um, right. And, and I think that's like, as the more and more people start to see this exposure of like, Hey, the narrative isn't a hundred percent what it should be. Uh, you know, we, cause we should be talking about people's health and we should be talking about, um, you know, how to, how to strengthen your immune system and all that in supplement to hey if you want to get the vaccine like get the vaccine but like do these other things around your lifestyle and so i guess with that like i, I do feel like um with with the podcast the name of the podcast i i was originally going to call it i am american um yeah. 
but then and kind of focus on these values uh you know what that means like about freedom personal freedom and, and personal decision making and all that but then i realized that you know america isn't exclusive to like freedom and liberty and sovereignty and all of that like it's it's worldwide um and and so i guess like so i named it i am liberty just because i, I feel like liberty is the idea and and what we should all be striving for as far as our core value like as americans um and and you have been doing that like just uh you know you're you're organizing you're demonstrating and and you're not doing it in a, in a way where you're like um like hey like let's put trump back in let's uh you know because because you're not a, you're not a trump supporter at all uh is my understanding but and maybe you're not a biden supporter so that puts us all in a tricky spot because i think uh, just personally speaking like they're they're bad options and both of them are bad options based on a cultural uh sickness if you will uh that that gives us the these these two like bad options for president um right but we identify this and now we're kind of seeing like how bad the system is how criminal it can be um and so but you're not one to just talk about it you're actually doing something about it so tell us a little bit about those demonstrations that you've been doing like the purpose the organization and because you you even said earlier i'm not doing it for the people that are masked up like in their cars and stuff you're not you're not doing it for the people who are you know in the psychosis or in this uh hypnotic state of like believing all the propaganda you're doing it for other reasons so so tell us a little bit about the organization that you've done how you got involved and and kind of what you guys are trying to accomplish just demonstrating in california yeah so there are quite a few groups in california that have formed over the course of the last few months that are doing these types of things so in the bay area because we are such i mean we're just such a a minority here. Um, I was on a Facebook group called Open Contra Costa Now. So that's our county. And that Facebook Facebook group started back when the business, like with the small business closures, because I think even California was closed down longer than like Utah and, and pretty much everywhere. We had like restaurant closures. You could only, you know, do takeout. I mean, for a lot longer when the rest of the country was already opening. And so we were like, ah, we're just fed up. So a lot of us were in this group on Facebook, and then one of the women in the group decided to move that group off Facebook um, and onto Telegram, which is an app on the phone. And it's it's a messaging app, but it's also like a, a place to organize, you know, groups. So you can join a channel. Um, lots of lots of people with big voices right now have channels on Telegram. We have a massive chat group now massive 650 people 660 people in the bay area which is a lot um so the purpose of that group it's called east bay freedom lovers because we're in the east uh, san francisco bay area and the whole purpose of the group when the woman Kristen created it and then when i became an admin after the first meetup after meeting her was really to build community and to have a presence in our local area to show people that not everybody is okay with complying. And it started with just like 15 of us at the first meetup in the park and has since grown now to our 660 people in our group. And then we also have different groups around the area that we network with and do things with. So I'd say in total, probably a few thousand people are part of the kind of local area community. It's not all Republicans. It's not all conservatives. It, it's, it spans all political spectrums at this point, And it's really focused on COVID, the COVID mandates and the government overreach here. We really try to keep big politics out of it. Uh, of course, there's people in there that are, are big Trump people and we're really into the 2020 election. We try to keep that out of the chat group because that turns people away. And to be honest, to make any sort of change here, we need to kind of appeal to people that have been lifelong liberals or who have, you know, absolutely hate Trump and they just hate him. Um, they're welcome to join the group. It's not, you know, it's not a political group. It really is activism around these mandates that we have here and these crazy health service people here that think that they are, you know, Dr. Fauci reincarnated at a local level that just don't don't really listen to the small minority. They're only listening to their, you know, echo chamber. So the group started off as a community building group. 
the um, rallies that we do are really to show the community that we're here and also to uh, grow the group. So every time we do a rally in one of the cities here, we'll do it for a couple hours. We're all out there with our signs. We have bullhorns. We have um, sometimes we have music and we have a lot of cars that are driving by. We try to pick busy intersections. And then we always have people that end up joining us. And we have little cards that we give out so they can find us on Telegram and we can grow the group. It's so important to have a community presence like that. Even if 75% of the cars go by flipping us off and they have masks on, it's so important to show dissent. And it's so important to, to show the community members who are like-minded that they're not alone because the mainstream media and social media and everything, everything that's, that's blaring at you all the time is, is trying to make you feel like you're the only one that feels this way. You're wrong for feeling this way. Um, and so anybody that, that feels like, gosh, I, I, I'm the only person here. There must be something wrong with me. I must be crazy. When you drive past and see a big group of 300 people out in downtown Walnut Creek, which is a super like, you know, hypnotic <laughs> under hypnosis town, you're like, Oh my God, I found my people. Um, so we get a lot of support from drivers going by. We of course are getting flipped off. People yell at us. They yell out the window that we, they hope we all die, you know? So we get kind of the whole spectrum, but it's like, whatever, we're out here and we're doing this. So the big community rallies are about that. We're not there for the people. We're not trying to convince anybody of anything. We're not trying to tell them not to get vaccinated. We're just out there saying that the mandates are wrong. Body autonomy is important. Medical freedom is important. And if you're like-minded, come join the group. So that's one portion of what we do. And then the group also has a very tight social circle. And we do small group things. Just the other night, we did a, a group dinner at a restaurant in Concord that's not checking vaccine cards. So we have a few different places in the area we know of where the owners have been vocal about not being supportive of the mandates. So the group will go there not only to support the business, but to also hang out. So we've done group dinners. There's a bowling alley nearby. We've done bowling nights. We have a Christmas party coming up. So at this point in California, in San Francisco, the policymakers are so far gone and so far down the rabbit hole that we're we're not even necessarily trying to change their minds at this point. We're just trying to survive here and have a community while we go through this crazy totalitarian attempted takeover and hopefully make it out on the other side. <laughs> so that's what the group is for is really so that we're not, so that we're not alone and so that we have community. So you build that, build that community and yeah. have your talking points and, and really delineate between, Hey, this isn't necessarily a political issue. This is more. Uh, this is more about you know keeping our our personal personal freedoms and and yeah. You know. And and just to say one more thing about the political. Of course, it's political at the at the local level and at the California level. But when you look at the leaders in Washington D.C. or even the previous leaders in Washington D.C. and if you want to bring Trump back into it, Trump has been out there, um, you know, endorsing different different governors of different states that are up for re-election and saying, hey, you vote everybody. I hope you vote for this guy because he's really America first and yada, yada. I mean, California just went through a massive attempt of a recall for our governor. We had not one federal politician that came out to help us. You know, so California is on its own. Um, there's, there's no cavalry coming for us. So any change that happens has to be done at a more local level. And that's partly why we're not focused on federal politics, because they are not focused on us. Yeah, I think it's important that you said, uh, you know, you'll, you'll find your people, you'll make that demonstration, you'll, you'll build that community. And, and so something that I found that's important in how I try and communicate is, is not, not trying not isolating people so so not demonizing people who see the world differently from you and i think if there's a precedent that's being set or if there's a a, a dangerous precedent that's being set it's it's kind of goes along that mentality that you mentioned where people will roll down the window and they'll say i hope you die like like they think that you deserve to die just because yeah. you have a differing worldview than them and it's because the leadership people that hey you're essentially like being unvaccinated like 
you're killing others. And so then, then that makes us like, okay, so we deserve to die because, you know, supposedly just because what our leaders are saying, we're spreading this virus. We're the cause of this virus when, you know, the exact opposite is true, right? Like we're, right. you know, we're trying to be healthy. We're trying to make conscientious decisions and it erodes like trust in, in, on so many different levels from like, you know, normal human interaction to what, you know, what our government's doing. Um, you posted something on Instagram today that I thought was uh, about. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was a little fired up when I woke up this morning. So I posted a lot on Instagram today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, cause it goes along with like, uh, I guess there's, there's almost this, uh, it's, it's like a new religion, right? Um, where, where people aren't willing to question. And if you question, uh, okay. you know, then, uh, you know, like you, you open up this world of possibilities that we don't even want to think about, because if you think about it, people die, you know? And yeah. so, uh, so you, <laughs> you posted on Instagram, um, something about, uh, I guess it was the demonstration. There were some demonstrations, but then there was also what's going on in Australia, uh, where people are like kind of taken to these, what would you call them? Would you call them internment camps? Would you call them, mm -hmm. um, quarantine camps? quarantine camps. I, yeah, I call them internment camps with somebody early and they said, that's a little extreme. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's, that's the path we're going down. <laughs> it it kind of is right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I, I don't even know where I was They going have with. the infrastructure, Esteban. That's what people don't realize. They didn't build, they're not building all of this infrastructure just for a little temporary thing. I mean, those are permanent quarantine camps. That's scary. It's well, because, you know, you look at what's happening in Germany now, um, where, where they're, you know, keeping the unvaccinated from leaving their homes and, and that happened in Austria first. And it's just like, it's becoming this perpetual cycle that, you know, people are okay with like kind of surrendering their, their sovereignty to, to, you know, the government. And so I, I guess, I don't know why I went on that long rant. I think I, I wanted to make that distinction of like, you know, what we're hearing from our leaders about unvaccinated and, and kind of this dehumanization of un, unvaccinated people. And, and so I, I don't know, it's just, it, it really sets this dangerous precedent for what comes down the road. And that's, I think what a lot of people don't realize is like, if we start, and I, I'm speaking from like my military experience, right? It's just like the whole, the whole indoctrination process in the military is to get you to make decisions, kind of detach you from like being able to take somebody else's life. You know, yeah. it's like you're, you're starting to dehumanize. So you start to call them names. Right. You start to, um, you know, you really start to just dehumanize this act uh, that, that's supposed to be your adversary and your enemy. And then, and then you know, it makes it that much easier to, to be able to, you know, take their life. And so we're seeing it on both sides. And, yeah. and I think that's why I brought it up is because what, what you're doing is you're, you're saying, Hey, we're not trying to pick political sides. We're, we're really just like, kind of just trying to go down the middle of the road and, and keeping it for like, you know, for, for anybody who believes that you should keep like your, your sovereignty, you know, what do you call it? Body autonomy, um, in, in all of that. And so, um, it's really important that you try to keep that middle of the road, uh, in a lot of ways. And, and, and it is. And, you know, even in, even in our group, we have vaccinated people in our group, you know, and, and I, I think that in, in that sense with the political stuff, I consider myself and I, I don't put myself in any specific camp, definitely more moderate, definitely a little more libertarian. Like you kind of do your thing and I'll do my thing and I'm not going to tell you what to do and you don't tell me what to do. Um, but we have, our, our group is a big is a big mix. We have people in there that are vaccinated, but don't want boosters. We have people in there that are not vaccinated and are mad about getting fired from their jobs. We have parents in there that just chose to get vaccinated for themselves, but they're really upset about, you know, the mandates coming down um, for children. Because here in the Bay Area, a five-year-old, a five-year-old can't eat pizza with his friends unless they're vaccinated. I mean, that it's, it's crazy. So, I think the post, the post that you're talking about today, I put up with Germany with the fence and they were like touching each other through the fence. And I said that this is like cult-like, right? It's gotten to the point where, where science, science is like this religion 
that nobody can question. And now you have Dr. Fauci on TV saying he is science. He represents science. So it's like, don't question God Fauci. Don't question the religion of science. Just do as you're told. A lot of things probably aren't going to make sense for you. Doesn't matter. Do it anyway. And people are following, you know, people are following along. Um, yeah, it's frightening. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's frightening. Like human nature, right? It's just like you're, you're, um, uh, you're, you're looking for something, something to be a part of. And I, I remember, uh, just like when, when the mask things first started becoming prevalent, like people were posting in like community groups all the time, pictures, selfies of themselves with these, uh, with these masks on, like, you know, and that's what Virtue made them heroes, right? Like they were just like, mm -hmm. they were, they were these righteous, uh, do-gooders, you know, and, and, you know, like power to you, like you want to wear a mask, like, okay, I get it. Like, um, you're scared. And this is the first time that you've kind of faced a situation like this. Like I, I get it. Um, but then it just kind of becomes this, this, uh, religion, if you will. And, and that's, that's, that's concerning because, you know, then if you have someone at the head of the religion that's starting to make these decisions and you can't question them, well, that's when you start leading down these authoritarian paths. Um, right. And if you look through history, not just, and people get very offended if you, if you um, relate any of this or compare any of this to the Holocaust, they get very upset. Um, so you don't have to go there. You can go back to any, in any point in history where genocides have taken place or really, you know, huge atrocities have taken place. These steps have preceded that, you know, the dehumanization, the criminalization of one segment of society. So it's not just the Holocaust you need to compare this to. It can be, you know, the Rwandan genocide. It can be, um, Stalinism and what happened over over there i mean it, it's it's anything that has gone on along this path it's dehumanized dehumanized criminalized a certain segment of the population made everybody fearful of them made everybody hate them so much that when the government decides it's time for to take them out they're okay with it or they turn a blind eye to it so we're not necessarily there yet i don't think they're putting anybody in gas chambers yet but it's just it's it's Discon you know, it's, it's a little frightening at how easily people are going along with it and how much cognitive dissonance there is where they can't see any connections because they are so fearful. There is a, uh, a psychologist, I don't know, I feel like maybe I sent it to you, but maybe I didn't, but he did a video, um, he, his name is, I think it's Matthias Desmet. He's been doing uh, different talks around with lots of different podcast hosts and um, he's got a couple of videos on YouTube, but he talks about the, um, uh, it's, it's called mass formation. Have you seen him talk about why people are buying into the narrative? So I'll send it to you after this. It's a fascinating video from the psychology side of what's going on in people's brains and why they're going along with this. But a lot of it does have, like you said, with the masking thing, they're looking for a group to belong to. There's a lot of anxious people out there that have social anxiety. They don't feel like they're, you know, connected. They don't have a, a good family or a good sense of community. And this has come along and it's made them feel like they're connected to the whole world and everybody's in this together. We're, let's all be good citizens. We're protecting each other. All of a sudden, I'm, you know, I have this huge community and everybody loves me and they're taking care of me and I'm taking care of them. And it becomes this psychotic, like, thing in their head that now they'll just follow blindly yeah. whatever somebody says and it's fascinating too to be on the outside looking in and I've had people when I have posted things on Instagram they've come back at me and message and said you sound like you know you're in the this, this right-wing cult or like you're you're you know you're the one that's in the cult or something and I'm like Cults don't preach freedom. Like, what cult are you talking about? You know, there is nobody at the top that I'm taking orders from and then living my life via their orders, you know, by their orders. Like, there's nobody up there. Who am I getting, you know, messages from? Nobody. Yeah. This this is not, a, freedom is not a cult, you know, but that's what the media makes it seem like. Oh, it's right wing. It's extremist. It's the Trump cult. And like, no one's even talking about Trump anymore. People talk about Trump are on CNN and MSNBC and The View. Like, they can't give it up. The rest of us have moved on, you know? So, I mean, if you ever want to know if you're the one in the cult or not, look at who your leaders are. I mean, I've got none. So, no, it's not I, me. I, I, <laughs> I'm not the one. You're like, I'm not taking orders <laughs> from anyone. 
uh, I I love it. <laughs> I think that's where it starts. Like it, it starts with with people like you and and, and your community um, and and people like me. Just really uh, not afraid to speak what it is that we feel and in, in our truth. And and if we're propagating that what we're you know maybe making decisions on is false, like we're not tied to that that decision or that idea it's just like no we made the best decision that we possibly could based yeah. on how i felt at the time and right. and if more people were to do that i think we would we would be in a better better position than just Absolutely. taking orders and if, from the and if more people are willing to look at both sides i mean i i can't tell you how many times i sit in the mirror and look at myself and i'm like am i the crazy one like is this me <laughs> You know, I second guess myself all the time. I mean, I think everybody should be. If you if you haven't been second guessing your own belief system for the past two years, then you're probably hypnotized, right? So yeah. you have to be able to, to to look at both sides and listen to things that you don't agree with and listen even though it's cringeworthy. Oh, let me listen to this, you know, Dr. Fauci speech, even though ugh, it makes my eye twitch. But you have to be able to do that. And so many people are just not open to even seeing the other side of things at all. Have you ever tried impersonating Fauci? No. <laughs> Can you, do you have a Fauci impersonation? The question to me is to question science. Is that <laughs> <laughs> you got to that down. Uh, <laughs> no, what a wacko. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. And, and to think that like he's just kind of spent like, 40 plus years of his life in the government and just kind of these, this government bureaucracy and like that he's gotten as far as he like, and that's like his whole shape of the world, like is, is based on right. these like walls that he's, you know, confined yeah. himself he's to. He's a politician. And, and like, he just doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really actually know what the real world is like in a lot of ways. Um, no. And he, and, and, you know, Dr. Fauci, the good old Dr. Fauci, who knows all about, he's not even a virologist, right? He's not, I mean, he's not practicing on any COVID patients. Like he's a bureaucrat. He That's... makes a ton of money. He's made more money than he's ever made in his entire career. He doesn't want to give up his position. He feels in his head that he's a God. His ego is out of control. He's a narcissist. Um, but for me, I, I don't want to get my information from him. I'm getting my information from doctors who are treating COVID patients all day, every day, figuring out what works, how to save them, how to keep them out of a hospital, how to keep them from dying. And then they might go on YouTube and do a video about it. You know, there's so much good information out there right now that's not on CNN or NPR or any of these controlled media outlets which by the way we know are funded by people that don't have our best interest in mind i mean did you see the story just last week that bill gates was like yeah i've, I've donated 30, 350 million dollars to the media in the last few years and you're like <laughs> why i mean you know how many of these little like red pills or light bulbs need to go off in people's heads before they realize that they're just being lied to every day or that or yeah. you know, that that uh, video clip that came out were brought to you by Pfizer is like yes. pretty much in yeah. every, every media, um, you know. And that's but, been happening forever. I mean, the yeah. big pharma has been a thorn in, in everybody's side for, a, you know, a lot of years. It's just been highlighted now. And in one way, perhaps COVID is good for that. That is, it's woken a lot of people up. There are a lot more people who know a lot more and see a lot more now than there were two years ago. So well, I, I feel like the government, big pharma, they've overplayed their hand. Um, and I don't see it. I honestly don't see it getting as bad as people are warning about, because I feel like at least in the United States, there's a lot of us that are waking up. There's a lot of people who are speaking out. Something else that was really important in that psychology video that I just talked about was that he said it is imperative that dissenting voices are heard. It is so important to be able to do those rallies, have people see you, to have people like you and I, normal people talking about, you know, this stuff. It's like those atrocities that we had mentioned can't happen if if people are are still seeing the dissent, right? If they can't censor everybody, um, it can't go quite as far as they probably want it to go. Does that make sense? I've sent yeah. you the video. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of what you were saying going along the lines with those doctors who are putting out information. Doctors who 
know what they know based on what they've studied and what they've seen in the real world and are making decisions for their patients based on you know their practice not just what the government's telling them and it's funny because i was in an urgent care and then we can wrap up because we're almost at an hour but i was in an urgent care the other day for a, a sore throat it was it was probably a few months ago and i knew it wasn't happened before it kind of goes along with the lines of what i was telling you it's, it's more like tonsillitis right i don't have my tonsils mm -hmm. out and so i was telling the doctor like hey you know i kind of know what it is it's not covid and he's like well you're not vaccinated so it probably is um and so he was just like you know it was already this like uh you know i wasn't vaccinated so so he was like treating Bias. me differently um and i was just like well i'm not vaccinated because you know there's there's a lot of information i'm feeling at risk he told me like no you can die uh, from COVID. And I'm just like, I probably won't like, that's kind of <laughs> information. And then it got to a point where I was just uncomfortable enough, like being seen by a doctor that like, you know, wasn't concerned about treating me, uh, because I was, I was, uh, unvaccinated that I actually walked out. I went to a different urgent care and, wow. um, and that doctor like was like, Oh yeah, you have like tonsillitis, you know? And they like, um, you know, they like treated me like a person and they like, they actually like validated like, yeah, I understand why you specifically in your circumstance aren't vaccinated. And so it was kind of like, it was this interesting dichotomy between like how healthcare professionals can differ in, in, you know, just depending on what kind of professional they are. One, the one that was like understanding about me, my decision not to get vaccinated. She was like, uh, clearly a healthy individual, like took care of herself. And then the other doctor, so to speak, was just like clearly somebody who didn't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Not to like, um, you know, like just try and like demonize or dehumanize somebody who maybe doesn't, doesn't exercise or whatever. But there was like clearly like two different um, views on how to, how to approach health and health care. Right. Um, but anyways, so it's just like, it kind of goes to that, like, what you were saying about uh you know this differing perspectives right everybody's got a perspective that needs to be shared needs to be heard and if it's not the right perspective then that will eventually suss itself out right that'll right. that'll eventually be known um so in closing though i want to get your thoughts on what you feel like is maybe um the most important thing that that someone can do to preserve freedom preserve liberty preserve just a basic right to make decisions for ourselves and as where whether it's business related or you know personal health related what do you think are the most important things that we can do to preserve that liberty right now i think the most important thing that we can do to preserve our freedom is to not comply with any of these mandates be done i think that and maybe that's a really simple answer but I, I feel right now that with the way the country is going and the way the world is going, the fastest, easiest, and most peaceful thing that people can do is to stop listening to the news, stop listening to Dr. Fauci, stop listening to President Biden, and just keep living your life. Don't, I mean, just don't comply. Take your masks off. If you don't want the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. If it means moving jobs, whatever, stand your ground. You know, uh, we, we've given too much. They're going to continue to take and it's not going to stop. They're not going to stop. There's never going to be a time when Fauci says you're all clear to take your mask off. You just have to just do it. Yeah. Stop complying because otherwise it's going to go to a point where it's going to get violent. And if we can avoid that, we'd like to avoid that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Rain religion. <laughs> Um, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that because you're not just saying that you're actually, you know, you're putting a lot on the line yourself. And, and yeah. so, so I, I appreciate that. That's great advice. Do not comply. And uh, yeah, I guess we can end the podcast episode here. Appreciate you joining. I am Liberty, Amber. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Likewise.